Okay. I was waiting for the, this meeting is now being recorded. There we go. Did you hear that on your end? Yes, I heard it. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. It's, it's still throwing me off because it wasn't doing that before. Anyway, uh, hey, everyone. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for joining us. Uh, I am joined today by my new friend uh, and fellow uh, higher ed marketer, Chaz Williams. He is the digital media recruiting strategist for Clemson University. And you're the third uh, Clemson person I've interviewed on this podcast. And don't tell Hillary, but the best. I just know going to go well. <laughs> well. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me. Yeah. So um, let's start at the beginning. Where did you get, where did you get your start in marketing? When, what did you, what was that moment you decided like, I have to be in marketing? Yeah. So um, kind of an interesting story. Um, obviously I have my, my undergrad degree from, from Clemson. Um, I, I graduated in um, 2015 with a degree in financial management with a minor in accounting. Um, but, but during my time, um, my freshman year, I, I came in as, you know, as a health science major, like, like a lot of people um, thought I wanted to be a doctor. Um, and so was kind of on that path early on. And then um, I was also working, um, I was a student manager with the baseball team at Clemson um, okay. during my time in, in, in undergrad. And so, um, kind of in, in the, into that first semester of freshman year, um, you know, I, I realized like, man, I, I really miss math. Um, I'm taking, you know, all these science courses and, um, you know, I, I miss math a little bit. And, right. and I think, I think maybe, maybe my calling is to, to be, um, and to do something in the business side of sports. So, um, so I changed, changed to finance. And then during that time, um, I guess it was about my, second semester of my sophomore year, um, our, our football account, um, at Clemson, um, the, the managers on, on the football team created kind of a social media account and, um, and we're posting kind of pictures of clothes and shoes and things like that, that, that the athletes get. And I was like, well, that, that looks pretty easy. Like I can do that. I, I've, mm -hmm. I've got a phone. I, I can take pictures of, you know, cleats and bats and things like that. <laughs> right. And so, uh, and so that's, that's really kind of how it started for me, um, was just, just with an iPhone taking pictures of, of the gear and things like that. And then, um, about my senior year, um, was when Clemson, the athletic department in specific was really, really starting to invest in, um, in social media and, and utilizing it as a recruiting tool, um, for the entire athletic department. And, and there's a guy named Jonathan Gant who um, still works here at Clemson, but, um, but he came to me and was like, Hey man, like, I'm, you know, I really like what you're doing with this, uh, equipment manager account. Um, is there any way we could start, um, you could kind of back off that account a little bit and just start sending us your pictures and we'll just post them on the Clemson baseball account. And, and for whatever reason, it, there was an internal struggle there of like, well, wait a minute, like I've built this thing from the ground up and now this guy comes in and wants me to, to just burn it all to the ground and just help him. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I, obviously I realized, um, quite a, quite a bigger audience, um, and could, could do a little bit more from a, a recruiting standpoint for sure. So, um, so I transitioned over to that. And then, um, after I graduated, I had the opportunity to be a graduate assistant in the, uh, in the sports communications department at Clemson. Um, and so I was, I was in charge of, uh, uh women's soccer, men's golf, and then, um, everyone works football. So, uh, did yeah. a little bit of football and, and still, still got to help out with the baseball stuff as well. So, um, and then 
a year into that, um, Jonathan called me and was like, Hey man, like, I think, you know, there's this opportunity that, that, um, the university is kind of working on to, to do recruiting for, for the admissions office. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think you'd be a great fit for it. Um, and, and really just kind of ran from there. So, uh, I, I guess I have all the, give all the credit to, to an iPhone and, um, <laughs> some, uh, Eastern baseball apparel at the time. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So I love the uh, the sort of transition and migration into higher roles and responsibilities uh, throughout your, your time at Clemson. So specifically, what what does a digital media recruiting strategist do on the day to day? Yeah. So um, so I'm, I'm kind of an interesting um, interesting position. I work part of my job is with um, undergraduate admissions. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, we we all kind of know recruiting and um, and, and the admissions role there. But then I also work part of our time with, with university relations, which is our uh, marketing creative services and communications staff. Um, and so really I, I'm tasked with recruiting, um, recruiting students to Clemson on social media. And, and the role really started um, as a diversity and inclusion initiative where my main focus was in-state students um, that, that come from an underrepresented background. Um, mm-hmm. And so um what we were able to do and, and what we continue to do is, um, you know, we're able to identify um, various students based, um, you know, based on scores and things like that, that we, that we receive in our, uh, our RFI request for information um, form as well. And, and from there, we um, were able to kind of serve them up with um, some targeted marketing and things like that. And then um, as they, as they continue to engage with that, we, we begin to engage with them on a, on a one-to-one level, um, whether it's from the university account or we have three admissions counselors. We actually started this year um, that have, a, have an Instagram account, um, have, have social media profiles where they, um, they can serve as, as just another way to, um, to assist students and, and help them a lot of times realize that, that college is an option. Um, you know, that, yeah. that, was, that was really the, the eye-opening thing for me, especially my first year. Um, it was, you know, super bare bones and it was really, um, a lot of what we were doing was just based on, um, information we were receiving from the college board and the ACT. And, and there was, there was one student in particular that I remember and I was kind of messaging with her and she's like, why am I getting these messages? And and finally I just told her, I was like, you know, you're identified based on your, based on your SAT score. Um, you know, based on your score, we think, think you have a legitimate chance of, of coming to Clemson and being successful at Clemson. She was like, Oh my gosh, I didn't think my score would be high enough to get into Clemson. She had a fourteen eighty on the SAT. Uh, yeah, it's high enough. <laughs> <laughs> right. So <clears throat> yeah. So you know that that was just incredibly opening to me. You know, she never would have thought that that Clemson was Clemson was an option. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, so that that's really been the cool thing to kind of see that evolve and and really just trying to find ways to um, serve the students on the platforms that they're already on. Um, it's it's a lot easier for them just to shoot shoot one of our counselors or our university account um, a direct message. Um, and then we're able to, to reply back, um, you know, based on their specific question that they might have. That's great. So you're doing a lot of interfacing with, uh, current and prospective students. Yep. What, uh, what's the one engagement strategy that you, you know, not asking you to pull all the tricks out of, out of your hat, but like, what's the one thing that sort of resonates the most, the one engage point of engagement that resonates the most with uh, prospective students, especially, uh, on the sports side of things. Yeah. So, so just to kind of clarify a little bit more, um, I, what the work I do now, um, 
I, I don't with the athletic department anymore. So, oh, that's um, right. So that's right. I'm more, sorry. Yeah. 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 But my yeah, bad. No, you're good. I just want to make no. And everybody, everybody kind of gets that confused because I, I, you know, still know a lot of people in the athletic department. They're like, yes, you, sure. do, you do the football videos, right? And I'm like, as nice <laughs> as it would be for me to say that I do that, um, that, that is definitely not it. But, okay. Same um, question. Non-sports context. Yeah. No, you're good. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> um, yeah so, so I, I mean, I think the, I think the biggest thing is, is again, just people realizing that that Clemson is an option. Um, and that, um, you know, they can, they can come and be successful, um, at Clemson has, has really been kind of the, the biggest, um, strategy from a communication standpoint that we've been able to use. And, um, you know, it, it helps be in the top, top school in, in the state. Um, and, you know, especially kind of early on in the, um, when it was just focused on the in-state students, now we've kind of expanded outside. Um, but, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's been really cool to kind of see it evolve early on. We were kind of focusing on. All right, let's see which platforms we can use. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at the time I was like, oh, Twitter's where it's going to be at. Uh, but then over time, it's, it's certainly evolved. And so many of those students are on Instagram and being able to u- utilize the, the paid aspect on the back end of Facebook to, to target those students. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, once they start interacting with that, then we, we can kind of, okay, now we, now, we, now we have a better idea of who you are and, and the things that you're interested in. So we can, uh, can kind of tailor it a little bit more and, and create more one-to-one messaging for them. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So uh, your, your marketing and communicating uh, from the, the holistic point of view, you represent the, the whole university, right? right. Um, on my side of things, I only represent the business college at Pitt, right? So um, I don't get the, the kinds of experiences and perspectives that you would being you know, the, the communicator for the, the whole, uh, university. So, uh, what's interesting though, is that like most of our, you would think like, Oh, they're business school. Most of their traction is going to be on, uh, LinkedIn, which is a cliche. And, um, how can they leverage Instagram? Well, when, you know, business schools aren't really like that visually dynamic as a concept, right? right. And even in practice, but our our largest amount of traction has and continues to be Instagram completely. Um, that's where we get not only most of our uh, you know engagement, but really most of our our uh, connection points to uh, existing students, prospective students. It's quite crazy. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely wild. I- I would not have thought of that for sure. <laughs> I would have said LinkedIn in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, yeah, LinkedIn. I mean, we, we track really well with alumni on LinkedIn and then, you know, on, uh, we do pretty well on Facebook, but yeah, I mean, it's really Instagram. And I think it just goes to show you that that's where, that's where students are living these days, yep. you know? Um, so in one sense, like you get to be more creative with, the, your strategy and your content, whereas I have to be as creative as possible. Um, and cause I don't have much, <laughs> right. So I actually have to, yeah. like, you've got everything, you've got all the different aspects of campus and you know, you could market any, any specific, uh, you could feature content on any specific college. And it's just like, Oh, great business post. Uh, how do I show this same classroom from a different angle? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, and, and that's kind of, you know, one of, one of the benefits of being at Clemson um, and kind of, kind of the, the phrase we like to use in our offices, 
if we can get you to come to campus, we have a pretty good chance of you spending four years here. You um, know, that, so that's the, such the, a... The that's, campus definitely makes it easy to sell. <laughs> you know, and that's such a great way to put it. So, you know, I came from the teaching side. I was a tenured professor before I joined Pitt. Um, and one of the things that I was always told by my admissions people, by my department chair, was that, like, just get them to campus. Get them to campus and the rest will sell itself. And that seems to be the case. Um, but I, interestingly enough, um, I've taught at some universities with extremely poor looking campuses and, um, that cell is much, much more difficult. No, for sure. And it, you know, <laughs> we, we kind of talked about it a little bit before I think we started recording, but, but especially now, um, you know, our, our big yield, yield time was, you know, right as things were starting to close down and, you know, we ended up closing our campus. So now it's how, how do, how can we find creative ways to bring campus to students mm -hmm. as we, as we approach um, that admissions deposit deadline here recently. So um, definitely, definitely been a challenge, but. Um, well, how did you overcome that? Yeah. So um, one, you know, being a, a larger university, I think a lot of people expect um, expect us to have a, a virtual tour platform, and, and it's definitely something that we've worked on. Um, you know, one one of the issues that we've kind of stumbled upon with a lot of the the softwares that offer that solution is that they're not accessible um, from an ADA compliance standpoint, and so mm -hmm. um, that's you know, it's obviously extremely important for us. And so, um, so we were actually we just kind of worked with um, with two of our admissions counselors just to kind of give a thirty thousand foot view of of, hey, you know, we understand that you can't come to campus and we were, you know, we were very transparent about that fact. Um, but, but, you know, this is kind of an overview of, of 10, 10 quick stops that, um, you know, if you just walked around our campus, you, you would certainly see these buildings and kind of a, a brief kind of um, one over of what they are. And then um, I'm actually, I actually have a call this afternoon with one of our, or with a group of our tour guides, our on-campus tour guides, um, and, and trying to find ways that we can kind of expand on that a little bit. So, um, you know, it, it was definitely a time where we were like, man, really wish we had kind of that click through walk through virtual tour. But, um, but as of yesterday, um, we had almost 8,000 views on that video on our Vimeo page. So, wow. um, just, That's fantastic. just in a couple, yeah, just in a couple months. So, um, or matter of weeks even, but, um, but so, you know, I felt like we we were able to weather that one a little bit a little bit better. Again, it's nice that campus looks nice, um, and we yeah. have we have plenty of footage of of campus with students and without students that that we could kind of use to to make that happen. And so, you know, I I wish I would have had the the opportunity to get a picture of campus when it was active, and then like the exact same photo when no one was around. Because yep. there's some really interesting visuals that you could do with that. Like, yeah, hey, here's what it looks like now, empty, and then here's what it looks like in a true active context. I've been yep. trying to think of ways to, you know, similar to your note, like think of ways to promote the life of my university when there really isn't a whole lot of activity or life, as it were, uh, going on. And I've, you know, been trying to develop that idea out in a visually interesting way. Yep. But the, the damn thing of it is that like, even if I spent a ton of time on a Photoshop document and making something really cool, the Instagram, uh, you know, algorithm would compress it down anyway. And right. it would, 
it would be like, oh, 10 hours worth of work on this Photoshop document only got 75 likes, yeah. you know, <laughs> and no comments. It's just like, right. ugh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, switch gears a little bit. Um, so you've come this far at, at Clemson. How far do you want to go? What, what, are your, what are your career goals beyond the point that you're at now? Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely one of those people that's still trying to figure that out. Um, okay. what, what does that next step look like for me? Um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough, um, as a graduate assistant, I was able to complete, complete a master's already. So I've, I've checked that off. Um, had, had thought about doing the MBA program, um, at Clemson, mm-hmm. um, kind of one of the perks of being an employee is, you know, you kind of catch some breaks on some of that sort of thing, but then, right. um, but then we, we, we have an event at, at Clemson called Campus Movie Fest, and it's, it's a national um, national event, and they, they travel around the country, and for a week they put on um, a movie fest for students, and they have one week to create a video of five minutes or less. Um, and so um, one of the guys that worked in the athletic department, um, who's no longer with the athletic department now, Nick Conklin, um, had, had worked closely with uh, a professor in graphic communications um, to kind of bring Campus Movie Fest to Clemson and, and get that started. And um, as Nick left, um, she, she had asked me if, if I would be interested in kind of helping mm-hmm. um, kind of fill his role a little bit and then um, had also presented me with an opportunity to teach. And so, cool. I, I, yeah, so this, this past semester, which was not quite what I signed up for, obviously, but I taught a videography and, and motion graphics course for the first time and, and really, really enjoyed that. So, um, you know, just kind of keeping the doors open and seeing kind of yeah. what, what, you know, what door opens next for sure. You know, I've been teaching for over 10 years, and this semester uh, was the first semester I was teaching at two new universities. Uh, So I taught a business class at Pitt, and then I taught a graphic design class at Point Park, which is in downtown Pittsburgh. And yeah, so I can relate one-to-one exactly on like, oh, I, what? What is all this? I didn't sign up (laughs) for any of this. I mean, I, I can't. It, you you seem like you're a smart guy on top of everything. So like, I hope that transition to online was not very difficult uh, for you. I was, I had all my stuff online to begin with. So it was a relatively easy transition, but I had a lot of colleagues in the design education field. They're just like, I cannot do this at all. And they've yeah. been doing it for like 12, 15, 20 years. Yeah. I, it, it kind of worked out. I was, I was fortunate enough that a lot of the really hands-on instruction of the course was kind of, it was front loaded. And so the, the last five, six weeks of class was really focused mm-hmm. on just kind of hardening those skills with a couple different projects. Um, the final project that I, I originally had planned was to, to create some content around graduation um, at Clemson. So obviously kind of had to change that up a little bit. Um, right. And I, I ended up just having, having the students kind of do a, a vlog of what their, what their day looks like, um, in, in quarantine and, and kind of seeing, you know, it was really neat to see, um, you know, there were only 14 people in the class, but to kind of see how each person kind of is spending their time, but then also took, took a different approach of the video was, was really cool. And, um, you know, it, it ended up, been a nice, nice final project for him for sure. Yeah. So, you know, out of curiosity, uh, so the students that you were teaching, were they like graphic communication majors or was this kind of a mixed bag? Um, so they, they don't have to be a graphic communications major to take okay. the course. Um, it, and it's not a required course as part of their, the, um, GC program. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had, I had some, some students that were marketing majors. Um, a lot of them, the course actually counts. We have a, a brand communication minor, 
Um, and so the course counts towards that minor. So a lot of the students were, um, you know, could be a, a marketing or communications or something like that major, but then they, they're also minoring in brain communication. So, okay. um, so that was, that was definitely a handful of them as well. How did, uh, how did they take to doing video based work? Not only video capture, but video editing and then considering narratives and motion graphics and stuff like that. What was your process? Yeah. Um, so we started super basic. Um, you know, I kind of talked about how I got my start on a cell phone. And so that's kind of how, <laughs> how we approached the class was, um, you know, and, and honestly, that was one of the biggest challenges is, you know, I had 14 students and I probably had four or five that had had some pretty serious video and editing um, experience and then others that had literally never touched the camera other than their phone. And so, mm -hmm. so that, that, you know, the, the first kind of, um, topic that we, that we worked on was, um, was just on your phone and utilizing Adobe rush to, um, edit. Um, and then we, you know, we kind of slowly migrated through, right. This is, you know, the functions of a camera, um, shutter speed, frame rate, that sort of thing. And then, you know, we just kind of kept kind of slowly evolving along until we, until we got into motion graphics and how that can, can complement your video and things like that. So, um, so that was kind of the, the, the flow of the course, I guess. Yeah, keep it simple and, you know, try to emphasize the creative aspects. You know, one of the things that I always told people was, you know, I can teach you how to use the software till the cows come home. Like I can, all the ins and outs, everything, yeah. but I can't teach you necessarily how to be creative. And, right. you know, um, ultimately it's that creativity that I think, uh, offers a competitive advantage not just in design but any creative profession especially in marketing like that i was just having a, a conversation with a colleague about how um you know the the business students like in, in general they especially if they're in marketing they are the ones that are interacting with creative professionals the graphic designers the copywriters the content strategists and they don't necessarily know how to do some of the work of those occupations, right? right. Inversely, yep. they may not know how to run marketing analytics and build marketing strategies and stuff like that. So there's very much a, a, a reciprocal, you know, need for exchanging of, of information. And um, I had proposed like, hey, how about we do a, uh, a creative, uh, a, I don't know how I phrase it, but we'll call it a design academy where all right, all the marketing students can take 12 weeks worth of uh, Adobe Photoshop and, yep. or rather they learn how to use the Adobe products and Hootsuite and, you know, all the other different types of marketing software out there. So that way you've got the theory and then you can back that up with the practical application support. Um, yeah, for sure. I would say, and I would say, and you know, there weren't classes like that um, when I was in school or, or I didn't take any of them. So a, a lot of what I've, kind of learned is self-taught or, you know, taught from, um, mentors and things like that along the way. Right. But, um, you know, I, I'm fortunate enough. I, I do kind of understand, you know, what, a, what a quick five minute video. That's That's one of my, one of our favorite marketing terms is we'll just make us a quick five minute video and that'll, that'll solve, solve all of our problems, but just understanding what exactly goes into a quick five minute video and how it's going to be consumed. Um, it's, it's definitely, uh, one of the, one of the battles that, that we're going through all the time. <laughs> Do you die a little inside when you hear that phrase? Oh, for sure. I, I, <laughs> I, I had a request yesterday for a, a quick 25 to 30 minute video. So, Oh, just a quick um, one. 
Yeah, just a quick one. It won't be very long, just 25 to 30 minutes. So. <laughs> make an make a episode of television for me, just yeah. a quick one. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I cringe or die inside a little bit whenever I see, like, during these unprecedented times, yeah. uh, that phrase. So, yeah, I, I empathize with, with the plight of, of the video um, production. You know, that's one thing that, I don't see enough with uh, business colleges is a lot of video based work. And, and I love, I really enjoy doing it. The, the, the video capture, the, the direction, the editing, the motion graphics. Um, but I think one of the challenges I have in a business college is that like um, you're in a college full of business people whose fundamental like principle is time is money. Right. Um, and everything can be measured and quantified down to, you know, the amount of money it costs to produce that piece. So it's like, all right, well, I spend a day making a a video piece and then it tracks decent, you know, maybe it gets like two or 300 hits on YouTube or whatever. And then someone will be like, well, that's, that's not quite enough to justify the, the time you spend on it. Right. Um, but then I have to make the argument of like, well, you know, if, if we're looking at an annual strategy and video is a part of our marketing mix, um, we still, we have to produce those things to create a sort of diverse ecosystem of communication media. Like we can't assume that everything is going to be, you know, uh, viral. I mean, none of how how frequently does that even happen? And it, it, you know, for what I do, it doesn't. So it's like, Hey, you know, a a day's worth of work, maybe two days to get, you know, four or 500 hits on a video. Like that's not bad for for what, for my world at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how much time like do you spend on a video piece or anything that you're making to ensure it's quality, but also that it will, you know, track well relative to your strategy. Yeah. So, um, kind of along the lines of the, the time and, um, how much time it takes to kind of make a video and things like that. I usually account. Um, and one thing I forgot to mention is my wife and I actually have a small, um, videography business on the side as well. Okay. Um, cool. And so we mostly weddings, but we do some small business stuff as well. So any, any, God time bless you, man. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, I, I, I photographed one wedding yeah. back in the mid 2000s. And I said, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I had this experience. I do not want any more of it. <laughs> we, we think, we think the photography side of it's a little bit more difficult than the video side, but which is crazy yeah. because, because for a video, you know, you need t- at least 24 frames to make a second of a, of a video. Um, but to, p- to be a photographer, you only have to get the frame. You only have to get one frame, right? Um, That's right. But, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, but yeah, we, we definitely, uh, definitely let the photographers deal with all the families and things like that. We're like, ah, we're not, we're probably not going to use, you know, as, as cute as your grandmother is and, and this family photo is, um, we're, we're probably not going to use that in your final video. So, um, we'll, we'll help kind of wrangle some people, but, um, but yeah, uh, that's, that's definitely one of the, the stressful things, but, but kind of the, the, the meter I use for time is, um, for each, for, you know, 30 seconds of video, um, I'm going to account for probably an hour. Um, mm-hmm. just, to, just to spend time in post, um, that doesn't include anything, uh, you know, capturing anything at all. Um, that's how much I'm going to spend, um, kind of working through it, through it in right. post production. What are you editing in? 
um, Premier Pro. So we, we have a, yeah, we have an Adobe um, partnership at Clemson. So we, everyone gets the Adobe um, softwares for free or cool. as, for free. You know. <laughs> Man, isn't that a beautiful thing? Yeah, no, it really is. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I've, I've been benefiting from that, that relationship for years. It's, yep. it's fantastic. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, well, uh, we're kind of wrapping up on our time, and I wanted to get your thoughts on what we're going through now. So obviously, you're in self-isolation at home, and you're with your wife, and you know, just kind of buckled down. And uh, I'm sure your business, your side practice has kind of taken a hit because weddings are being postponed and, or outrightly rescheduled um but you're still able to do your day-to-day work with clemson right yep yeah so um you know we're you and i are in positions where like hey you know fortunately we're okay um we're kind of i'll go as far as to say we are totally necessary uh (laughs) even though that like marketing is like typically the first thing to go in practically any sort of uh, organization. But nevertheless, uh, we both had students that graduated this semester that are now struggling to find work. They don't know what their career prospects are. Um, I've encouraged any number of different things, ranging from going to grad school to you know doing some online learning to just doing something, literally anything, just yep. produce something. Uh, become a freelancer, start your own business, whatever. What uh, what what would your recommendations be for for students that or graduates now, uh, students and or graduates, um, you know, that are looking for internships or employment in an economy that can't really support them? Yeah, I I think the biggest thing for me and um, you know, it is just to keep learning, right? Um, you know, again, I I don't I don't have any formal training in in any of the Adobe softwares or anything like that. So the biggest thing for me is if you see something you like, figure out how to do it, even if it's not the, the right way or the best way of doing it. Um, if you can find a way to, to do that um, and, and continue to, to teach, teach and learn on your own, um, then, then you know, you're definitely going to be a more competitive um, person kind of once the, the job market does kind of level back out and get back to whatever our new normal is going to look like. So, um, you know, and, and that, that's kind of one of the things, one of my mentors um, that I'm still super close with, but, but his, his line is you can't tread water forever. At some point you have to start swimming forward. Um, and so, that's right. um, you know, challenge yourself to swim forward and, and to learn something new and, um, and better yourself in, in the process. Absolutely. You know, I, I often say like uh, <laughs> to, to my students, like pray to God, but row for sure. Like just, just, you know, just hope everything's going to work out, but you have to progress forward. You have to do something to kind of instigate that hope a bit. Uh, And ultimately what you're doing is you're creating your own successes for yourself. Um, You know, I, I can, I, I understand that like with, with our respective students, like that could be a bit more challenging to do because like, damn, I mean, I feel like every human on the planet is depressed right now. Um, you know, and just kind of coping with the situation we're in, that it's just difficult to stay motivated. Um, and you know, I, I definitely speak from experience. Like I signed up for like six of these online courses that either range from free or a few bucks and then looking hard at certifications. And it's just like, 
I want to do all these things. And then when yep. reality kind of kicks back in, it's just like, oh, shit, I just can't. <laughs> I just, <laughs> yeah, I can't get into all this right now. Yeah. So, I'll say, and, yeah. and that's, that's definitely been one of the things that we challenge even the interns that we have on our team that, that aren't, aren't necessarily graduating is, you know, take Twitter flight school, you know, uh, study up on Google Analytics, like just find mm-hmm. something, something, um, you know, even if it's just something to add to your resume, you know, find a new skill and, um, you know, take the opportunity to connect with new people and, and to learn something new. Yep. So you got it. Keep learning. Um, Chaz, this was great. Thank you so much for your time and, uh, your insights and advice. And, um, we, uh, we definitely need to do this again and talk shop on, on video based work, um, yeah. and a variety of other things. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thank if Thank you for the opportunity. So, yeah. And if, if any of, uh, any of the folks listening have any questions for you, uh, how can they find you? Um, I, I'm on pretty much all social media, Twitter. That's where, where, where you and I met and, and kind That's of right. set, set this whole thing up. So, um, yep. Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, all, all the above. Okay. I'll put it in the show notes. Cool. Uh, well, thanks Chaz. Enjoy yep. your day and, uh, best of luck to you and, uh, your wife. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right, man. All right.